Travolting, covering Get Shorty, with Kathy and Marjorie Schumann. Enjoy the episode. We're rolling. Stuart. Stuart. He's already so far away from the mic. Stuart. Jeffrey. I need, I need help. Why do, why do you need help? I'm, I'm, I'm down low. I need you to get me up. Wait, you're down low? I need you to get shorty. <laughs> but I'm bump. All right. Redo that. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Redo that intro. Come on, man. Well, what are we doing here? We were getting shorty. Getting shorty. We're... Getting shorty. Yeah, we're getting shorty. You know who we're getting shorty with? We're getting shorty we're getting with the Schumans. The first two <laughs> two retiring guests, both in their second incarnation on the Travolting podcast. That's right. Yep. We're joined by the dynamic duo Kathy and Mary Grace Schumann this weekend from Fame of Greece and Look Who's Talking. Oh, I'm very happy to be back. Very proud. I don't know how happy I am, but I really love you, Jeff. So you guys are our first returning guests. How does it feel to have that distinction? I was uh, I was proud to be asked back. Yeah. What about you, Jeech? Yeah, I mean, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, Mary Grace, you're the one that dropped the bomb about Scientology and look who's talking. I and did do that. You yeah, irrevo- irrevocably changed the direction of this podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> with, with like what can I say? Five simple words. What can I say? You're welcome. What were the five words? Uh, look who's talking is Scientologist. Oh. <laughs> I just oh, had to make that God. up right then and there. Those <laughs> I was the like, what words. were the five? So yeah. you guys, you guys agreed with her. I mean, after she explained it, I, there's no way you can refute it. it. You can't refute it. Like the whole, we don't want to go down too much on this, but the whole L. Ron Hubbard reincarnation bit, the the logic's too sound, yeah. and it for me it kind of broke me a little bit in the podcast. <laughs> um, just if for folks who haven't listened to the episode yet, yeah, this is a ha- plug for our "Look Who's Talking" episode. <laughs> Check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, Make go- sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Just go to that episode and go to the forty-four minute mark, or maybe it's the twenty-four minute mark. I think it's the fifty-five. It's the fifty-five. <laughs> oh. Just watch this was the whole thing. Wow, this guy knows. Um, so go to that minute mark. And you'll get no, my reaction. Listen to, that. to the whole episode, and then well, yeah, listen and to the then whole go episode. back, and then send all of your friends and be like, "Listen to this. This is the craziest thing I've ever learned." But you know, look who's talking came up a little short for me. And you know what else? <laughs> you know what else came up a little short? You know what? You know what other film came short for me personally? Did you get shorty? It got shorty. You got you shorty. Did, you didn't get shorty. Get shorty. Got shorty with me. Ooh. How many of these do you think there are going to be? This uh, episode? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't want to do sure. another bit. So in the Pulp Fiction episode, whenever we said something film bro-y, we had it added a ding noise. and Which Jeff didn't think that bit would be funny, but I got a lot of comments. It's, it's very funny. It's I very funny. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that for this one, but just pay attention to our Get Shorty um, yes. comments. So, so Get Shorty, uh, you didn't like it. Or you, it, it, it just. Oh, you're getting right into we're it. We're gonna get, we're gonna get into it. Okay. I, I will say, um, we're gonna talk about the context of this film. Jeff probably did a, you know, eight hours of research on this last night. I was up all last night. Clearly, <laughs> Wikipedia. Clearly had no I other plans. I had nothing else going on yesterday. Yeah, nothing going on. Stuart, um, you sound a little rough, buddy. Uh, what, did I, you just, what did you do yesterday? I, if my voice sounds a little hoarse, you know, I might have been wailing away. Britney Spears toxic at a uh, <laughs> Irish pub. <laughs> you know. 
good times are had by all. But yes, I did do a little bit of research on this movie. I have it pulled open right now uh, to do our little context corner. We usually start the episodes with. Yeah, but, and just to answer your question though, Kathy, as like a prologue, that I feel like this movie is very appealing to certain types of people. Like I'm me, just, I'm just not that type. Like I watch this and I'm like, I can visualize and understand the person who would like this type of movie. And you're looking at him right now. And I'm looking at him right now. That's interesting. Yeah, we, we're gonna have an even fifty-fifty split on Get Shorty this episode. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, so. I have opinions that are not all like positive, mm-hmm. so we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Give yeah. us the context, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first and foremost, in terms of context, thank you all for listening uh, and w- sticking through us through last week's uh, painful episode on White Man's Burden. Oh yeah, this we, is we, the, had, we, we had to talk about it. We're going from uh, White Man's Burden to Get Shorty. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. Did I see um, the less said about that movie, the better. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you for sticking through with us on that one. Um, but you know, Travolta at this point has just. This is the first movie that really comes out that he films like post the release of Pulp Fiction. Like, White Man's Burn came out of Pulp Fiction, but it was still, like, before he had become an A-list star again. But this is his first movie where Pulp Fiction revitalizes his career, he's A-list again, and this is the first role he really agrees to with that new clout that he has. Yeah. Uh, He gets paid an insane amount of money for this movie. He got paid, I believe, $3.2 million for this movie. Versus how much did he get paid for Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction, I think he was under a million. A three point five wow. million for this movie. Whoa! One year later. Yes. Wow. But he took a pay cut for Pulp Fiction. It's not yes. that he was worth that low at Pulp Fiction. Mm, it was just that Pulp Fiction was indie. Yeah. But even prior to Pulp Fiction, he's not pulling three point five for like Look Who's Talking three. I was about to say, how much did he make for Look Who's Talking? Uh, he probably got a, a free meal, <laughs> uh, accommodations on set, maybe a trailer, maybe a trailer with a bathroom. But like a, it was like a U-Haul. Oh God! <laughs> just put a couch in. Um, yeah. But no, he uh, he has a lot of clout coming out of Pulp Fiction. He's looking for his next role. Um, this film, uh, Get Shorty, based on a book by Elmore Leonard, who is a big time crime novelist, western novelist. Um, he very much fits into like the Quentin Tarantino mold. Uh, Jackie Brown, Tarantino's mm-hmm. third movie, I think. Yeah, third or fourth um, is based on one of his books. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma is another movie that's based on one of his books. He's a very successful crime and western thriller writer um, that's had a lot of film adaptations. His novels are known for having like kind of a it, he writes like a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and his books always or he has passed away since, but in his time, his books were always very quickly adapted because they could be put into something that was affordable to make, but still had uh, some pop culture recognition and a flair to them that you didn't really get out of. Yeah, I mean, just watching the film production value-wise, there there isn't a lot of like something that you would read in the script and a, from a producer standpoint and be like, I don't know about this, man. We got five cars blowing up. You yeah. know, like Broken Arrow where you're blowing yeah. up three helicopters. This yeah. movie's a lot of talking, mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of airplane travel shots. It's, it's all, <laughs> it's, this, this movie, and this is something that was involved, um, originally MGM purchased the rights to this book and they offered it to Tarantino. Mm. who was not interested in directing this movie. He preferred to direct Jackie Brown, which is based on a novel called Rum Punch. However, he did read the script for this and say, Travolta is perfect for this guy, Chili Palmer. 
Charleston was originally like reticent to do it. He's like, I don't know. I kind of played something. I played like a similar character in Pulp Fiction in terms of being a criminal. He isn't sure if he wanted to do that again. Um, Tarantino said, no, this is a great role for you. You should absolutely do it. I mean, he probably yeah. said, yeah, this is that role yeah. again, and you need to do it again. <laughs> yeah, because this will solidify your newfound fame. Yeah. Or yeah. not newfound, refound fame. Yeah. Um, so he boards this movie on Tarantino's recommendation. Barry Sonnefeld directing. Barry Sonnefeld directs. Um, I think this is his first movie? Wait, no, he had directed the Adams Family movies prior to this. Nice. How, um, how soon after this does he... Uh, direct the first Men in Black. I think immediately after. Because Men in Black Love was Men in Black. 98? Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, 97. 97. But he, um, Sonnenfeld comes on board, Tarantino comes on board. The studio wants to rewrite this movie to be less like a book. Because all most of the dialogue in this movie is ripped straight from the book. They didn't like reformat it for a movie. It feels mm-hmm. like it. It's Yeah, it's written. Yeah, like, it's, that makes sense. It's written in prose. Um, um, and the studio says, no, we need to rewrite this. Let's get like a Tarantino to come in and do a script doctor run on it. Uh, Travolta says, no. Travolta's the one who fights for this to be played as is. He wants that flair that he gets from the book when you read it. Uh, so the script goes unchanged. It's written by Scott Frank, who's an extremely successful uh, screenwriter. Um, if you've never watched any, of, or watched any of Scott Frank's movies, they're all very good. He does a lot of like crime things. He wrote uh, Spielberg's Minority Report. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of James Mangold's movies like uh, Logan. Um, he writes very similar movies. He's a very successful screenwriter. Um, I like his script for this. Um, but it is very much in the style of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Barry Sonnenfeld comes on board after having directed the two Adams Family movies exclusively and something called For Love of Money uh, with Michael J. Fox. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you got excited for a second. Yeah. Um, and then he does this. Um, and it's kind of the... I mean, the Aspen movies were successful, but this is the movie that makes him a, like an adult director who can like get a movie made. Yeah. yeah. And he goes on to, from this to do Men in Black, uh, Wild Wild West. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, ends up killing his career with uh, Kevin Spacey turns into a cat movie, Nine Lives, which came out Ooh. right around the... <laughs> which, in addition to... Receiving a whopping, uh, let me check the. In addition to receiving a whopping fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, with the score, with the reviews, literally just saying, "Not meow, not ever." That what <laughs> that movie came out 2019, 2018? 2016. It came out months before Kevin Spacey's allegations well, came out. Well, and also like that type of mo- talking cat, talking pet movie was fifteen years outdated. Yeah, at, yes. like. Good. I almost wonder if like someone was like Kevin, you do this movie or we leak th- we leak the allegations. <laughs> like is that is that what? How, is that how that okay. movie got made? What? <laughs> what? Like, I... <laughs> uh, all right, Jeff. What? <laughs> all right, so that's our context corner. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the context corner. Like, uh, big cast. Yes, big cast big in cast. this movie. Uh, this is also produced by Danny DeVito, who is also oh, in the movie. God, I love Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh, with his Jersey Films company that had also just done Pulp Fiction. So he, Travolta, Tarantino, and they're all kind of like in the triangle of uh, of working together, right? At this hmm. point. Interesting. So okay. They, they three nice Italian boys. Yeah, we love yeah. three nice Italian boys. Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spicy <a> meatball. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> Mar on the mia. <laughs> 
yeah, the this movie goes in production by all counts. It was a fine shoot. I can find Alan like, no, this was awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, Travolta was uh, Tarantino's first choice, but they had also considered DeVito previously to play Chili Palmer. Oh, no. He did not have the time to do it, but he's like, I would love to play the Martin Weir character. Uh, so he plays the... And I think uh, he is perfect cast. Yeah, that's he, probably the, that, That's, yeah. The, the, that would not make sense if the cast was... If Danny DeVito was Chili Palmer. Yeah. No. Because the whole spoof is... Like, yeah, no. No, it sense. wouldn't work. You need Tarantino... I mean, not Tarantino. You need Travolta's kind of uh, like swagger, swa- swagger, cool guy swag, cool, yeah, yeah, cool guy suaveness, handsome. handsome, rugged charm, handsome. We said it at the same time. Yep, handsome. Yeah, handsome. You two are gonna quotes. agree he's a good, lot. He's good looking in this movie. Um, <laughs> he's so good looking. I in this movie. Um, we're gonna talk agree. about the hair. We are. Gonna, I love the hair. I I'm not I'm I don't hate it. You don't. I don't hate it. It's pretty but good. Your thoughts on the hair. Um, not a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's slightly better than like the average adult Travolta hair look that we had in the nineties. Um, it's True. a little bit more stylized and slick back and like, like it looks like it has more purpose behind it. Whereas like movies like shout, look, who's talking and all the ones where it's like, ah, he's an adult now. He's a dad. Give him dad hair. <laughs> uh, this one's like, you know, they intentionally made him like kind of look you know, like a cool slick back hair. So it has a little bit more definition. Should we yeah. cue the hair ranking before? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm All already right, getting... Cue the hair All right, ranking. cue the hair ranking music. All right, this is the hair reiki report. We're gonna do, we're gonna knock it out in the first fifteen <laughs> minutes of this podcast. Um, but yeah, all my previous comments stand. It's just got a little bit more purpose, a little more definition. Speaks to the character very well. And so, um, Jeff, if you could do me the honors of pulling up the hair ranking report, Ooh, we'll just report? we're gonna pull put it on the list right away. All right, here's here's the hair ranking. Okay, so. I can't believe Shout is like, well, I guess like from Shout. <laughs> Shout is number six. Well, no, here's the thing. Here's really? the thing. From Shout all the way until you get to Basements. So you just highlight all, all of those. Yeah. It's the same hair. It's the same hair. Like, huh. Bo- I would say Boris and Natasha, he, he does have like mm-hmm. weird hair. It's weird hair. You see it for five seconds. Yeah. But it's weird five, enough. Five is a bit bold. I think it's closer to three. <laughs> yeah. And I really couldn't define it. So I like that Boris and Tasha's right smack dab in the middle right there. So put it above Shout under Pulp Fiction. Whoa. Number, new number six. Um, why is Urban Cowboy that low? Well, I guess... <laughs> because like, he wears a hat for most of he, does, he didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he had a beard. I, I, think, I believe your rationale was that the hair was good, but they cover it up too much for you to give it praise. Why do you know this? <laughs> it's, it's astonishing that, like, do you remember the, this... Um, we need to add another like column of just comments. <laughs> I will frequently forget to eat, but I can remember like the weirdest like movie trivia or things. Like that uh, on this show. So okay. get shorty is right under pull. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, it's like, I just like, man, we're at 24 episodes right now. Right. Yes. Well, no, oh, we're at 20. Yeah. We're 23. This is going to be 23. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're at, uh, we're at that episode. It's weird seeing get shorty at number six that yeah. high. 
but but it really is like from shout all the way until basements it just looks like the same mm-hmm. hair as a reminder to all our guests the lowest one is the experts that's yeah i agree with that which as a reminder to our guest the experts is lower than the second lowest which is the devil's reign where he's wearing a hood the entire (laughs) (laughs) just to show you how bad his hair is in the experts let me see yeah look at that we're looking up a picture oh my god that's pretty brutal (laughs) i stand by my that's pretty brutal i stand by my decision that's pretty brutal what's number one um, I believe it's Staying, Staying Alive, Alive okay. yeah. the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. As, <laughs> yeah, let me see. As bad as that movie is, the hair, the, the hair, is great. the hair is a winner. Yeah, he has the the Stallone. He has the Ram- yeah, I like that. He, he has yeah, the Rambo. He has yeah, the Rambo. Cool. The Rambo Rocky Three hair. Yeah, for sure. What a cutie pie. Oh, the fluff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's the good. Fluff. The grease. Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> that's that's enough, please. <laughs> so much wetness. That's... <laughs> oh moist. my! It's moist. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, Jeffrey. All right. That was the hair raking report uh, with a nice little uh, catch up on how we're doing with the hair right now. I'm. Do we have anything coming up, Jeff? That you can give me some hope on because I feel like Pulp Fiction was a. I mean, Stuart, we're like. Uh, seven to ten movies away from what I think is probably going to be the craziest hair we're ever going to cover. Battlestar Galo- Battles- Battlefield Earth. <laughs> um, Alien Dreads. Alien Dreads. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Man, <laughs> when we get to Alien Dreads, Lord help us. I'm pretty surprised the way you think of, that you're not. I thought you would like Get Shorty better. You were the obsessed. movie or the hair? Stuart no, I'm not, obs- I'm not obsessed with Get Shorty. No, I, I mean, you're obsessed with Stuart, Stuart not liking no, Get Shorty. No, I'm, I'm not really, but I just, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's more like a film person's kind of mm, The movie. film. We'll get into that. Okay. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, Stuart has bad opinions sometimes. It's something oh. we all have to deal with on this show. Hey, man, we both like Last Jedi, so we're both going to die on I that cross. Last Ever. Jedi. Best um, Star Wars movie. Yes, thank you for. We are nailing this into the ground. Mm-hmm. This. I, and I'm not even like judging because, like I said, I like it, but it, it's not something like if it's on, I I don't really watch it again. Yeah, but I enjoyed watching it the other day. I did. It, it does. I agree with the comment. It reads as like a film person's film because it's very yeah. talky. Like there's yeah. a lot of like that Spitfire dialogue and like, right. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing and. <laughs> Um, like yeah, there's a lot of reasons for a film person to like it. Yeah, and it just you know when I can I say this on the podcast that we recorded Broken Arrow? Uh, no, we've never recorded anything out of order on this show. It's never happened. <laughs> okay, happen. well, we, if we had hypothetically recorded, if Broken we had hypothetically Arrow recorded Broken Arrow, which is supposed to release after this episode, um, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, um, therefore I hypothetically watched it before watching this movie and if hypothetically i have to weigh which movie i would watch prefer to watch twice i'm going with broken arrow yeah bro i i don't necessarily disagree yeah um i prefer get shorty as a movie but broken arrow is like a light entertaining like it's a saturday night you don't have a birthday party to go to yes. and <laughs> you throw on you're throwing up you're, you're just scrolling through the the comcast guide menu screen on the mm. tv and you see on tbs broken arrow tnt get shorty which one you picking probably broken arrow exactly yeah. that's my point yeah if, if i yeah. wanted to just like chill out i throw get shorty on like 
chill wanna, out. Like if I just want to vibe out on the couch to a movie that has because he's using a lot of lingo terms for get high yeah. kids. I am not. <laughs> you scandal. I don't believe that. But no, if I just want to like really just like have like a quiet night um, and watch a movie with a vibe to it because mm. I love this movie a lot because it just has such a vibe that I just get into. I agree. It's very stylized. Yeah, it does have like. like it, I, I kind of get lost in it and just like space out almost in a good way for me. Same That's thing, but in a bad way. Have. Yeah. Um, Spacing. I space out in a not so good way. I mm. did the same thing. She but, did too. I, yeah. I was sitting next to her. Yeah. <laughs> I did confirm. too. I was just like, and okay. I, I kept saying, I, Pay over. I was like, oh, okay. So while we're talking about our perceptions of the film, shall we go into the plot points? Yeah. We were going to do the cast, but I think we'll just do the cast when those characters come up in the movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't see any reason to front load with all the cast. Yeah, I I think that's that's totally fair. Oh yeah, so we we start off um, right away. In, yeah, in Miami, Florida. There like, there is a title sequence, but it's not in the beginning. Yeah. So we just start right away with the Travolta and old Travolta. Not an old barbershop, a restaurant. A restaurant. A restaurant. restaurant. He's, uh, he's chatting He's with... spacing out in the beginning already. Yeah, come on, <laughs> I, thought a, I thought it was a barbershop, too. No, they're at a barbershop eventually, but not in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, it's later in the a film. restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from what the I... coat thing happens. How could True. the coat thing happen okay. at a barbershop? Okay. Yes. Okay. And he's at this, this restaurant <laughs> with uh, Gennaro from Jurassic Park. Gennaro. I, I wrote that, too. Uh, Martin Ferrero. There are several um, Jurassic Park cast members in this movie. There None are. of the leads. It's like all this, like... The one scene guys are in Jurassic Park are in this movie. <laughs> yep. It's very strange. Um, we have uh, Dennis Farina from Law and Order, uh, yeah. Detective um, uh, Lenny Driscoll. Mm. Chicago yeah. PD. Is he on PD? No, but I mean, he was a real Chicago cop, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Dennis Farina. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, wow. He was born in Chicago's Old Town neighborhood. He uh, is descended from Sicily, spent 18 years in the Chicago Police Department. Uh, served in the Vietnam War, um, and then became Michael Mann's police consultant uh, on the film Thief, which is a great Chicago movie. Is there a biography written about him? Uh, probably. It sounds like a biography I would actually read. Yeah, this this sounds like a guy who lived a life. <laughs> my, my husband, every time Dennis Farina's on anything, says, that guy was a real Chicago cop. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You've told me. But he's he's in this movie, and him and Travolta are both like fellow mobsters. So, um, loan so, sharks. So I'm, I'm, Collectors, I'm right? looking up yeah. Dennis Farina right now, and uh, it doesn't look like he has a book written about him, but there's a lot of like online biographies. But I just want to point out this headline uh, okay. about Dennis Farina. <laughs> yep, let's hear it. Even Italian actor gets touched by the shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Farina at St. Patrick's Day celebrations in Chicago. <laughs> That's good. Well, there you have it. That's good. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, Real, he has he brings a gravitas to this movie, um, based on the fact that he was a real cop and he has like that connection. But he's playing it so over the top, even with this gravitas, and it is so funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he's playing it so intense, but so over the top. He just like walks in like, "Hey, how you doing, John? Chili." <laughs> and his name is his name is Bones. <laughs> Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> I felt like. That's what I do to my kids. Like when they're not paying attention, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I think I'm always doing chili. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so so Bones uh, comes in. He's like he's ribbing Travolta a little bit, and Travolta's ribbing him back. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves, but Bones makes a 
poor move, and he takes Chili's jacket. His leather jacket. He takes Chili's leather jacket. <gasps> and what you is do Chili? Not steal Chili's jacket. What does Chili do? He goes to his to the barber shop he's at, breaks his nose, and takes the jacket back. It is the barber shop he goes to. Or, oh wait, no, he goes to his house. Yeah, he goes to his house. <gasps> right. Because the next scene's at the barber shop. Because ch- then Chili's at the barber shop. Yeah, with his broken nose. <laughs> yeah. And then he shows up. And Bone shows up with like this huge broken nose. Right. It's so funny. Um, I love the way this movie is shot. Because um, Barry Sonnenfeld, um, he was the Coen Brothers uh, cinematographer hmm. prior to becoming a director. Uh, so this has a very Coen Brothers feel to it in terms of shot structure and design. Okay. Um, like it's a lot of wides with like characters with no lines who just stare at the camera or stare at things happening for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. A lot of letting the whole sequence play out like in a wide. It uses the it uses depth and the camera a lot to add to the humor of a scene, which is a very Coen Brothers thing that Sonnenfeld you know did in movies like Raising Arizona and uh, yeah. Blood Simple. Yeah, just not as well as the Coen Brothers in this movie. Yeah, I, w- I would not disagree with that. He's, he's co- no Coen Brothers to see, but yeah, um, he does bring some of that style. But so um, Bone shows up at the barber shop. Yes, and he pulls a gun on him. Yeah, but then Travolta gets the jump and shoots him like <laughs> shoots him right up the scalp, right in the widow's peak, right in the widow's peak, and like, yeah. And then it's a title yeah. sequence. Well, no, no, no. No? Because Charlton's like, you can't do anything to me as long as Momo's still around. Cut it's very to. funny. They keep talking about Momo. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a very yeah. funny name. Momo uh, from Avatar The Last Airbender. We, we cut to Momo at this point. Oh, a little Momo. I think Momo was the name of a real gangster. I would not be surprised. I'm, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I, this movie has so many crazy mobster names. It was like one scene away from Tony Meatballs walking in. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, oh, I, I remember there's a scene I'm forgetting about. Um, because uh, Bones goes to like the head mobster of Miami. Oh, yeah, on the boat. Mo Green. Oh, yeah, Mo Green. Hello. Mo the Godfather. Green. He, was at a pre- he appeared in a previous movie we've covered on this show. Uh, Alex Rocco. I can't remember what the movie is, though, but I remember I got really excited about Mo Green appearing in it. Are we getting to that point already where I, we see actors that we like? Where did I see them before? Oh, another John Travolta oh, I, I, movie. I, found, I wrote in giant letters Mo Green on a, it, Boris and Natasha. Oh my the CIA, gosh. He played the CIA. Boris and Natasha. See, I wrote Mo Green a massive font here. Did we cover Boris and Natasha? We did. I don't remember. We covered it twice. Must have wiped it from my memory. <laughs> But uh, Mo Green appears, and he's like, "You can't, you can't do anything to Chili as long as Momo's still around." Cut to Momo. Uh, and he's, yes. He gets out of a car, and he's walking up a flight of steps. And he's very out of shape, and he's like, <laughs> "He's like," and he says something like, "No surprises, please," because it's his birthday yeah. or whatever. He doesn't like surprises. He gets up to his apartment, opens, opens the, the door, door, surprise party, yeah. and they're playing. Happy birthday, Momo. They're playing the Spider-Man Two pizza music. It's, well, listen. Here's the thing, Jeff. You can't call it the Spider-Man Two pizza. Yeah, I know it's music. called Funa, Funa, Funachuli, Funachali. Yeah, it's got a name. It's but it's the Spider-Man Two pizza. It music predates Spider-Man Two. <laughs> but that being said, I, I also okay. And then what happens to Momo? <laughs> uh, he drops dead of a heart attack. He drops dead of a trying to pull it together. And then okay, we have this. Can you guys explain to me what what is up with this very long title sequence that was just credits credits like the mm-hmm. end credits? I skipped through this because I was don't did not understand. I've never seen that before. I mean, in a it's. Movie. Blue credits, though. 
yeah, so you're right. Never cool. mind. It was blue, so it was fine. You I know. should have actually watched it. And they do they have a copyright song in the title sequence? I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are, there's some music over that, some score. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what Tarantino did in Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. It's yeah. literally just like it's cut just to title sequence, credits, song. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're trying to do here. But I agree, it's it's a long, it's a long, it's a long title sequence, and it's just letters yeah i was names. already a little bored and then it said <laughs> so john travolta <laughs> gene hackman my mother just flipped me yeah <laughs> i said i was bored yeah uh, we list all the names it lists like every person who worked on this movie it's like massive fonts like grip number seven like john Stan- john c i don't know some name it's a perfect time to go to the bathroom if you were seeing it in the movie theater but I yeah feel like, I feel like if you're seeing the movie theater you're only like 10 minutes in you haven't even finished your slurpee yeah right so um yeah we get through the the credits we get through the credits i've aged twice uh, <laughs> exactly yeah. and we were already disagreeing because i said oh yeah how cute john travolta was yeah and, and I she she didn't go along with that i think he's pretty cute in this movie but no like, no, no are we sorry. all against mary grace on this i guess yeah, so because it's like mary grace can't you like don't you know what a cute guy looks I like? Do, you well, know what? Are you? I think that was homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no. Let's have this discussion. <laughs> I just, let's open this door. Let's have this discussion. I, Mary Grace, why isn't he cute? I just. He, we need answers. He just looks old. And then he's forty-three. You know, like which isn't bad. No, but he doesn't look like good old. Oh my gosh, he looks like totally a little like does. he would be. I think like that's a sad ageist. I do too. I think that's very Thank ageist. You. He would be exactly forty when he films this movie. Oh, okay. uh, forty-one when it comes out. So coincidentally, right when he turns forty, Mary Grace doesn't like how he looks. I'm sorry. I think no, you're implementing the Hollywood <laughs> standard. I'm, I'm sorry. And then she got mad at her girlfriend Beth because Beth went along with me and then she's like oh stop trying to kiss up to my mother <laughs> i just i don't know i didn't it wasn't even you know what here's the thing if my mother hadn't said anything about how he looked was it creepy no 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 I I'm, said, just hubble, saying, hubble. <laughs> no I'm just saying i didn't think anything of how he looked i had i was neutral i didn't care and then, and and then, then she said oh he looks so handsome and then i said yeah. does he really but I guess everybody disagrees with me. I think I don't get it. It's a slight edge in this movie because of the hair for me. Like if I, I see the him in like. The hair doesn't do anything for me, Stuart. It's just fine. It's just there. I, I disagree. It's not staying alive. And it's not staying alive. But I mean, nothing can be. Can be I think we're, we're away from that era. We, we had. We're not going back to the hair ranking. But <laughs> Jeff and I. We had a long conversation about this. Where it's like the, the age of young John Travolta. Good looking hair. It's gone. It's over. We gotta let go. We're never gonna get it back. Well, you guys uh-huh. have to let it go because you're watching every John Travolta movie. I don't need to let it go. <laughs> yeah. You mean let it go, like as in this podcast, or let it go in life? Just like, like <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> Just like the idea of like, oh, when's John Travolta ever gonna look like staying alive? We're like, never, never, never. No. He's really? never gonna get he, he's that. Too, he's aging gracefully. He's aging gracefully. He's like not, a, he's not trying to re- at this point in his career. Note, I say at this point, he is not trying to recapture the power of his youth no. I can't wait. he's becoming a new type of actor i can't wait until we call cover the fanatic <laughs> don't even talk about that i uh. cannot wait until we cover that movie uh. and then we'll talk about the hair ranking <laughs> we and hair grace just look at each other uh, uh just uh, but no at this point he's he's not trying to recapture his youth he's accepted that he's not gonna get he's not gonna like be that actor that was the experts and look what 
where that landed him. Where he's like bottom of the list. Yeah, where, where he's like thirty-five trying to play like an eighteen-year-old. It's yeah. rough. Ooh. I mean, he's not just handsome; he's just cool in this yeah. movie. He's just, yeah, he's, he's cool, like super cool in this movie. My you know? God, man, is great. he cool? Yeah, yes. Oh, the shots where he's sitting really? in like the dark room, just not moving at all holding the cigarette well he looks i'll so say this cool. yeah. he smokes cigarettes mary grace so in hollywood terminology that uh-huh. means he's cool <laughs> but look at how he smokes the cigarettes though. okay i actually want to have this conversation okay i wrote this note for i think broken arrow and forgot to bring it up on the episode okay john trolls is incapable of smoking a cigarette like in a normal way it's always some weird combination of fingers that you wouldn't naturally use or like because mm. there's, there's a shot where he's dead ass using like his middle finger and thumb to and, hold but a like cigarette. leaving the like index and the pointer finger up. That's it's, not cool. Like how you so would like weird. sip not wine cool. with your pinky up or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he smokes a cigarette like he's drinking from a wine glass. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Uh, and in this movie, he doesn't do that move specifically, but he finds very strange ways to smoke the cigarette instead of just like. In between the fingers, he's or... been fake smoking in movies since the seventies. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. Why does Why is he still having trouble with this twenty years later? <laughs> I think he's trying to mix it up. After <laughs> he's trying to mix it up. I think he's just like, okay, I've been doing the same shit for twenty years. Let's so see. you don't think he smokes in real life? I think at like, this point, probably. Um, do you, but do you think he's using it as like a? Do Scientologists smoke? Oh, good question. Oh, I don't know. I feel like no. I, would, I mean, I would think not. You're probably not supposed to smoke as like a Catholic, but catholic mm-hmm. smoke but yeah john travolta holds cigarettes weird in this movie yes, he holds them very weird yeah he does he does it even more in broken arrow um which we didn't talk which we are not could that be about. like with his bad guy role that he's already playing over the top because he's I over just, the top i just think john travolta is he wasn't always necessarily this way but he's an actor especially at this point in his career who plays with his environment more mm-hmm um, and there's some actors who are really good at this, and there's some actors who just don't do it, and that doesn't mean that they're a better or worse actor. It's just whatever grounds them in the scene. Yeah. But John Troll is someone who likes to, you know, play with the environment. He wants to be doing something with his hands. Hmm. Business. Yeah. Like, he, he likes, he likes having business because that puts him in the scene more. Yeah. Like, if right. he's just standing there saying lines at you, that's not... He feels like he's acting. But if he's allowed to, like mix it up and be like oh i have a cigarette in one hand or like i'm eating a cheeseburger um it gives him some something to play with to ground him in the moment that's interesting interesting yeah um what happens after the title sequence Uh, after the title sequence (laughs) we're We're 34 minutes in by the way this is going to be a two-hour podcast two more hours i'm trying to beat becca so yeah Oh my gosh! <laughs> trying to be Becca mm-hmm. or Pulp Fiction? Yep. Okay, oh, Lordy, Lordy, okay, Lordy. So here's something I did. Th- I need to know if this actually happens in this movie. Um, okay. Because I did not interpret this, but I'm reading that there's a 12 year time jump. I saw that what? on the Wikipedia page too, and I didn't what? think that happened either. Okay. I saw the same thing. I went to look at the Wikipedia page to read the plot and it said there's a 12 year yeah. jump and I said when Dennis Farina does not look 12 yeah, years old no like uh, for for the listener at home I use the Wikipedia bios of these movies to kind of like ground our conversation just so I can right. like, keep a thread on it in addition to our notes um, and it says 12 years later the bond similarly later Momo dies and Bones inherits Chili's list Hmm. I did um, not think that was 12 years later. And I don't think they know, said anything to I indicate that there wasn't like a 12 years later. Yeah, that I was like the next day. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah or like a couple months straight or up something. The next day. Yeah, like. No, so I think the Wikipedia page is wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but after Momo's death, um, Bones becomes Chili's like 
um, Capo, I think that would, would it be Capo in the in the Mafia? I yeah, know, you asked um, my mom. Shana. Yeah, Mafioso. Because his boss is the boss mm-hmm. now. Yeah, like uh, Mo Green. Yeah, Mo Green. Right. Mo Green's the boss, and then that right. would make a, a Bones the Capo, and then right. I guess Travolta's a, like a loan shark, and he just goes around and racketeers and gets money for the organization. Right. Breaks people's legs. But now that Bones is in charge of Chili and making sure he gets um, all the payments due in time, he kind of sees that um, Travolta's been like playing with the numbers a little bit. Mm. Not in a bad way. He's just like, he's been lenient on some people with the payments. Very specifically, a dry cleaner um, Mm -hmm. whose name is Leo, um, who had appeared to die in a plane crash. And as a result, his debt was written off because he and the money presumably uh, went up in flames. Right. Travolta goes to Leo's house and meets his wife, Faye, who I remember you said you liked her outfit. Yeah, she her clothes were cute. Yes. Yeah, I liked her outfits. You know, I like to talk about the clothes. Yes. Yeah. We, won't, thought... we want to hear about the clothes if you like them. Yeah, I like her. Her, her outfits were cute. She had like mm-hmm. a fun, like little quirky style. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Amazing. It was good. <laughs> Um, she gets punched in the face in this yeah, movie. She does. <laughs> Bone, Bones Just socked in the face. She does. Who punches her? Her was cute when she got punched, uh, though. Lenny Driscoll. <laughs> Why don't I remember that? Yeah, he comes to the to her house and, like, it's like... He's like, yeah, you, you sent her away. I, I can't do the boy. I can't do him. Hmm. I can't do anyone, but I don't know why. Hmm. Who I, wasn't paying except attention? Except for Bill Clinton. Okay. <laughs> I can only do Bill Clinton. <laughs> Why are we doing Bill Clinton? I turned away for two seconds. Why are we doing Bill Clinton? I, I can't do any impressions except for Bill Clinton. You could do you could do Rocky. I can do Bill Clinton and I can do an adequate Rocky. Uh, I think you were good last night. Whether or not the impressions are good or bad has never stopped you before, though. Yes. Zach. Specifically not on this show. I'll, I'll tell you the one impression I, can, I can't do is Jack Nicholson, which is why it's great that he lives with me now. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he, he's out of the house right now, so we don't have to worry about him coming in. Are you sure? I'm pretty You've sure. said this before, and he's walked in a couple I'm times. Pretty sure. Wait, what? You live with Jack Nicholson now? Yeah, he lives in this apartment with me. It's it's a long story. Do you gotta we listen? have time. We're trying, I'm trying to be back on telling this story. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You got to listen to our Pulp Fiction and White Man's Burden episode. Well, it's not White Man's Burden. It's Pulp Fiction and Broken Arrow where he comes in. He doesn't come in during... Uh, well, no, he was out of the house during White Man's Burden. Uh, he probably wanted no part of that. He's not coming today. He, he might. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't control him. He's he's off. You know, acting. <laughs> he's going around the bars. We'll we'll see if he comes by. We'll see if he comes by. Um, but Leo's wife, Faye. Yeah. Um, Troll's like, is Leo dead? And she's like, no, <laughs> he's not dead. He he got drunk at the bar and missed his flight. The plane went down and exploded. He was presumed dead because uh, he like threw his hat. In. He left. His bags went on the plane, but he didn't. So the, they, yeah, they his found wife his, found his hat. Right. Yeah, so they find his burned up uh, bags. No! <laughs> she screams right. in the sky. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Yeah. Um, but he plays along with this, pretends to be dead, gets his loans essentially like taken out because like the mob can't collect from a dead guy. Um, and then he collects a $300,000 life insurance policy from the airline. Yeah. Uh, right. So now he's loaded. He takes the three th- three hundred thousand and heads to Vegas, leaving Faye. Uh, very slimy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Charles is like, I gotta hunt this guy down now and get his money. So, he heads to Vegas. Um, after you know, he tells Bones, I just have some things to do because he's he's trying to pull one over on Bones with this one because he doesn't know about the three hundred thousand. He only knows about like the whatever 
money that he owes the mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much was that? Uh, I can't remember the exact amount. There's a lot of money talk in this movie. Yeah, I get all the numbers mixed up. Especially when we get to Gene Hackman, there's like so many things. He owes like three different groups of people money, and he's getting like bundles of money from other folks. There's like at one point six bundles of money somewhere. Right, and this was part of my. This is one of a problem I have with the movie from just my brain. There was like yeah. too much. There was yeah. like five hundred thousand dollars in a storage locker. There's three hundred thousand dollars in a hotel, and there's a two hundred thousand. There, there's yeah, a lot I of was money. getting it all mixed up too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think we're almost supposed. I think it's almost supposed to be confusing. Like there, there's a part in this movie where a character just gets very confused about the money and about all the Italian names that are being thrown at him. Oh yeah, no yeah, idea. Relatable. He has no idea what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> just. My thoughts watching this movie. I think it's very. I think it's very funny that this movie is. The thing that I like about this movie is this movie is about making this movie. Yeah, it is. This movie is about John Schulte trying to make Get Shorty, which to the point that he even names it Get Shorty. See Mary Grace. Because she kept saying, who's, get, who's Shorty? <laughs> when am I going to meet Shorty? Like, I what I like is that it's Jeff and Kathy who are laughing about yeah. this and Mary Grace and I like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> hypothetically, there's like... So in, meta. There's like hypothetically an endless Russian nesting doll of this movie. <laughs> Of just get shorties about get shorty being made. Oh, it's, so <laughs> and it's so boring about it, though. At one point, they have to find the infinity stones and they use the hang pin particles to yeah. go travel into the dimensions like, of like, the get shorties. Like, hypothetically, the uh, the Harvey Keitel get shorty they're filming at the end of this movie. Presumably, that movie is about the making of get shorty. And they cast different versions Which of themselves. Which means that there's an actor... Playing Harvey Keitel, playing John Travolta. Oh my God! And or what did you? I mean, we should probably wait till the end. But what did, you, did what did you say when Harvey Keitel was there? You were like, "We'll, we'll wait till the end." Okay, we'll wait till <laughs> yeah, the end. Just wait till the end. You okay. keep trying, like a. Okay, a I'm, I'm a jumper. I'm sorry. <laughs> as, I'm a little a kangaroo. As a film fan, I'm just <laughs> a very big fan of like over the top convolution. Like I don't. I like when a movie's not confusing. I don't like when a movie's confusing. But I like it when a movie is really confusing and it knows it's very confusing yeah. and just digs into it. <laughs> what? I I understood what you said. Yeah. Like there, there. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, the, it's just I don't. There's a, there's understand a, why. There's a point, like, two, two cancers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, happy uh, belated birthday. No, no it's tomorrow. Or, or happy, happy belated birthday to you. Yeah, happy pre-birthday. Tomorrow's to you. mine. Well, the episode when this episode comes out, I think. Tuesday of yeah. this week. Yes. Which the audience isn't going to know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday of this week. We could be recording this like four weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday the 13th. Yeah. So then Jeff's birthday would have been four days ago. Mm. Your birthday would have been two A day. days ago. Well, my birthday is yeah. Monday. Monday. So yeah. one day ago for you, three days ago for you. Mm. Yes. On the day that you're listening to this when it comes out on Tuesday, July 13. 13. See, this is exactly the type of convolution that I really like in movies. <laughs> in real life? Oh, my like, God. Like, I like that. That wasn't convoluted, though. Like, I, I That just, was very convoluted. I spelled it <laughs> out. <laughs> but I like, like, two-thirds of the way through this movie, it introduces three new plot threads. 
does one scene with each of them and then drops them because every because yeah, all I the characters that. are actively confused about what's happening, so they just kill two guys and say, yeah. "Okay, let's not talk about that anymore." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Jeff likes that. Did you really like that? No, I didn't. I don't like that, but I understood what he was saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I followed that. him. Yeah. But um, no, Sarah, what's I your, don't. What's your zodiac sign? When's your birthday? <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. I love Scorpios. Okay. <laughs> Great. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's something behind those eyes right now. You're not into He's a that. man. He doesn't care about astrology. <laughs> Correct. Okay. <laughs> I, it, of all the personality things that I put the most faith on, I put the most faith on a Myers-Briggs. Oh, God. So, really, Stuart? I am an ENFJ. I am an ENFP. Oh, cool. You don't, you seem to care a, about that, but then you did not care about it. What, what are you, what are you guys for Myers Briggs? Um, I'm a. Uh, uh, I was trying to make. You're some probably dumb joke, in, but I couldn't in, think of it. You're probably in. Uh, you. I'm a Hufflepuff. Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <I'm a Hufflepuff. laughs> that's that's what I put my faith in. I think in. you're probably an ESFP. What yeah, is, I don't know what Jeff is. I think it's really special right now. This may be our most off-topic episode. <laughs> I cannot ever say how we're literally 10 minutes into this movie right now. <laughs> and we are more than probably an hour in. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm sorry. You okay, get back yeah. to no, it. I, uh, get back to it. Get yeah, back to it. I'm sorry. No, this is good. This is good. <laughs> okay. This is the energy we need. Uh, um, you know, this episode is getting a little long so let's uh, get make it shorty. Get, get shorty. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so... Um, Chili gets to Vegas, um, and he meets with, like, the guy who runs one of the hotels out there. Yeah. And um, the guy's immediately just like, yeah, that guy's not here anymore. He's, He's spent- in L.A. Yeah, he will put all of his money in. Um, I think he won a lot of money and then lost all the money and is now with the exact amount he started with or something like that. Something confusing. Can I tell you? Yeah. Don't yeah. Know. He winds up still with the 300000 he had come with. Yeah, uh, and he's now in Los Angeles. Yeah, doing what? Hiding out? Because why not? How does Gene Hackman get into this? Wait a minute, I, I yeah, I'm a little bit lost. That's I, get that's shorty. Fine. That's that's makes that's sense. get shorty. Well, it's it's the casino owner um, knows Chili. I uh, guess Chili's well known for his loan sharking and like collecting payments. That guy's and a comedian has, in real life, right? I believe so. Yeah, I don't okay. remember who. This movie has a lot of really good character actors in it. They, uh, it that exactly, it does. Like Bette Midler pop, pops up. For yeah, like yeah, two that's scenes. crazy. That was exciting. That that was the first thing that got me hype. We love Bette Midler. <laughs> I was like, household. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he's he's like, if you're gonna be in L.A. anyway, dealing with Leo, uh, can you talk to this film producer who I who I gave two hundred thousand oh, to? Oh, right, right, um, right. And I just I want the money back because he's not spending it on a movie right now. Cue the second story thread. Yes, right. cue the second story thread. Yeah, uh, Leo is pretty much dropped for like twenty minutes. We pick him up for one scene and then finish it off. <laughs> so, yep, pretty right. much. Um, so he gets to uh, Chili flies to L.A. We get another like amp- airport montage. A lot of airport they love montages. The airport in this movie. They love the airport. Love in this the movie. airport. You know the last John Travolta movie that loved airport montages this much? Perfect. Perfect. 1985. Perfect had a lot of airport in it. Perfect had a lot of airport montages. Mm. 
Um, so Chili gets to LA, and rather than deal with Leo first, he's got, still got to hunt him down. He goes to uh, deal with this producer who is a uh, Las Vegas star. Are you yawning? I was yawning. Because it just made me yawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like what this movie was for me. This is, <laughs> a, a, this is a great movie. Uh, you're, you were the first to yawn just talking about this. It's been a long day. <laughs> a long day. Mm-hmm. A hard day's night. Yeah. Um, but he gets to L.A. and he goes to this film producer, Harry Zim, played by Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. A lovely Gene Hackman. A Gene Hackman. I, I miss Gene Hackman very dearly. He's still alive, but he just... I was, I was about to say, did he, he die? No, he, re- he retired short in the early 2000s. He's, 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 he's but, a great he's a great one. But he uh, he was very reticent to do this movie because uh, he doesn't... He's like, I don't do comedies. I don't like doing comedies. Um, and they told him, well, we want you to play this very straight. Um, Is this movie supposed to be funny? And so Gene Hackman f- bases it. this character off of someone who he actually knows in real life. And oh it's, boy. it's a very funny performance, but he's playing it very seriously as this weird guy who he met once, who we oh, worked with. Okay. I, I liked his performance. I, mm-hmm. I liked it more now than I have mm-hmm. before. I think he's he's so funny in some scenes, specifically this first scene where we meet him, and he's sleeping in bed with Rene Russo. Young count. With a <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he's sleeping with Rene Russo. Yep, um, who's who, an actress who appears on a bunch of his films. Right. Yes, uh, she's playing. Uh, she's very pretty. She's playing. Yes, Rene Russo is a very beautiful woman. She um, is. Yeah, she is. Um, who has kind of been screwed over by Hollywood a few times. Um, she kind of uh, got to the like too old to be a leading lady start a uh, level very quickly in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, just a shitty thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Wait, is this like Renee Russo? Yeah, like yes. Renee Russo. Okay, because it seems like that kind of because it's true. The yeah. character and then character too, yeah. also, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think there's a bit of truth in her portrayal of this character. Yeah, because um, she did a lot for a while. Yeah, she had she had a run on the tables of the '90s. Yeah, um, between like in the line of fire and this and whatnot. Um, then she very quickly got like pigeonholed into like romantic comedies and roles that weren't up to her caliber in the early 2000s. Okay, she ended up taking a break from acting. Uh, came back in Thor of all movies. Oh, oh um, yeah. She she filmed like a lot of scenes and almost all of them got cut out of the movie. Aww. She appears in two scenes in Thor as Thor's mom. Uh, she gets a bigger role in Thor 2, but then dies halfway through. Aww. But then she finally gets a really good scene in one of those Marvel movies in the last Avengers movie, uh, Endgame. Hmm. Jeff. Yes. Have you already started a podcast on Rene Russo? Yes. Well, <laughs> sir, that's the thing you don't know is we're doing the, we're doing the Russo cast after that. Oh, Jesus. I mean, did you, do you, did you know this before this movie or like i did a little research just for, just okay, on her career before we uh that's very interesting thank you but yeah she she's someone who you're so sweet to jeff she had <laughs> she she deserved better in hollywood than she got uh she's yeah, been, she's finally been able to get some great roles recently um uh, between nightcrawler and the avengers movie mm-hmm. um so i'm happy that she's coming back into the limelight a little bit Dude, for, good for her yeah good, good for, for her, her. Like, yeah but her character karen um, yeah. is go no karen karen is this uh, the name karen is sleeping with uh her producer harry uh, zim harry zim gene, gene hackman. hackman and it starts with this funny shot of him like we're it's just all done in a wide and he's just laying there and she like, comes on time she's like the tv's on downstairs and he's like 
yeah, I must have left it on last night. And she's like, no, I remember specifically turning it off. And he's like, it, it turned itself back on. She's like, that doesn't make sense. And they run through like the exact sequence of events that would have transpired for the TV <laughs> to come on. And Harry mathematically realizes there's no way that the TV could be on unless there's someone downstairs. <laughs> like, this is what the movie decides to spend time on. It's like four minutes. Yeah, of I don't, I don't these get little it. conversations. Yeah. It's literally four minutes of Gene Hackman like putting the math together <laughs> of how this TV could be on because he doesn't want to get out of bed. He doesn't want to get out, right. <laughs> I see why you like this movie, Jeff. He, like, he could just... <laughs> these in-between moments. Yeah. He could just get out of bed... Yeah. Go downstairs and turn the TV off in like three minutes. Which is what Mary Grace and I probably That's would what have we preferred. Wanted to it's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Inst- instead, he just lays there and tries to find a way where he doesn't have to get out of bed because he's too lazy. To just drag <laughs> out the like, in between. He's like, I'm too comfy. I don't want to move. But that kind of tells us who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. If that had happened a couple times in the movie, that's fine. But I feel like that was it was it was a lot for one bit, right? Well, this exact sequence is recreated later in a mirror shot. Like it's the exact same thing, just reversed. And it's with John oh, Travolta. Yeah. It's John Travolta, yeah. Yeah. John Travolta and, her, and it yeah. creates the like the difference between their characters and how they react to this right. incident. Because at that okay. point in the movie, Gene Hackman's trying to be John Travolta and failing hilariously at it. Yeah, right. where well, John Travolta's kind of like taken over his role in yes. some sense. But they kind they swap positions about yeah. halfway through the movie, which is very funny um, and very good because this is a great movie. And that's that's but, the next okay scene movie. is something I always remember. And I do you mm-hmm. remember what I said when he was going downstairs? You go, David Letterman's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like what? And, and then like, he goes Letterman. downstairs, and David Letterman's on the TV. Yeah, yep. I always yeah. remember that. He goes downstairs, and David Letterman's on the TV. <laughs> yep, not <laughs> actually in the movie, no. which I thought for. Yeah. And we 10 get seconds. this this long shot of Gene Hackman walking up and turning the TV off and looking very confused. In the background, you can see Chili Palmer like laying back i just tried to lay back in the chair and i realized that would remove me from the mic um <laughs> but chili's like lounging in the chair cigarette up uh just waiting and then he's just like hey harry um and he's like sit down look at me <laughs> and so he immediately intimidates harry zim and he's like you're you know our, our mutual friend needs this money you're you're doing a very like slimy game with him but then travolta who we've established through in his apartment back in Miami, there's a lot of movie posters. Mm. And he has a lot of like little little nods here and there. He's like, yeah, it's like that movie that I saw. He uh, once he's done his shtick about like you know you go with this guy money. He's like, so you make pictures, huh? And yeah, it's like yeah. And then we just cut to Rene Russo coming down the stairs, looking very confused. And it's the two of them. <laughs> They're sitting at the dining table, just talking ch- just about talking about movies that they like and how they and how the motion picture business goes. And John was like, I got an idea for a movie. And Chili just starts describing the plot of Get Shorty to Gene Ackman. Well, it's like the the one subplot with the whole Leo plane yeah. crash thing. Well, that, that's what he says. He explains like all the Leo stuff. Gene Ackman's like, this is great. This is great. And it's like, what like, happens after like he goes to L.A.? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's like, I still gotta figure an, that one out. He, I don't have an ending. And, and Gene Ackman's like, well, you're gonna need a fe- you're gonna need a, a female character, like a love interest for this, uh, the Shylock. Right. Um. He's like. And he lists all these things he's going to need, like a big star, etc. Yeah. And then the remainder of this movie is John Travolta trying to get those things into his personal life. 
so that when True. he makes the movie, it'll have the po- the perfect three act structure in order to. Yeah. <laughs> is John Travolta trying to live his life like a movie so that he can make a movie about his life? Like yeah. I hear you talking about it, Jeff, and I hear you get all excited about how convoluted this plot is. <laughs> I think this and, and every so time, as you're doing that, like Mary Grace are like, it's too much. It's too I much. It's way too much. It's too much. I am slowly but surely becoming more convinced. I love this movie with every word I say about it. <laughs> Convincing I himself. Want to fall it. asleep. Because <laughs> I started to sound, I'm like, I really like this movie, but I'll probably hear criticisms. And then I'm like, no, this movie's just great the more I talk about it. Is this one, Renee? Does she say, does Karen say, like, this is like a true story? Is that when she says that? Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, she calls she's, it, she's the one who she calls it out. Yeah, she's, she's a real story. She sees yeah. through the bullshit and it's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, this is the actual thing that's happening to this guy. Yeah, right. Um, and at the same time, Chili's just kind of like, hmm, maybe I'll get into this picture business. Like, I have an in now. So he's like, Harry, I'll help you out with some things. Um, yeah, because um, Harry wants him to do some... Harry wants Chili to do mm-hmm. some stuff for him now. So he kind of becomes a work for hire for Harry. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. That so really gets mad. confusing. Yeah. So, so I did? Yeah. Harry asks Chili to help him deal with some... Uh, Car wash? Is it? Was it? It's the, yeah, it has a limo service. A limo, oh, limo service, service yeah. right? These guys from a limo service who loaned him two hundred thousand dollars to uh, like finance one of his <laughs> movies. Gene Ackman uses the words. He says, "I produce feature motion pictures. You may have seen some of my slime pictures." Is <laughs> a sentence that he says. <laughs> it's like I did slime picture too. <laughs> I still this movie's just called slime. Sure. This is the most notes I've ever written for this show, by the way. Why? Um, But he's asking for help with this limo company. um, And these two guys who were like kind of ripping him off. Or who want their investment back, but Gene Hackman hasn't made them. This is uh, Delroy Lindo and... um, Another guy whose name I don't know. It's not James uh, Gandolfini, is it? No, because James no. Gandolfini is the muscle. Who he's bare. He comes Ponytail. later, mm-hmm. and he's the muscle that's not really the muscle. Yeah, yeah. So he gets his ass he's kicked. So a, sweet. He gets his ass kicked a lot in this <laughs> he movie. Does. He's so funny. Like immediately after this, John Travolta just go or Chili just goes to Leo's hotel room, um, like punches him, gets the three hundred thousand out of the closet, and just leaves. And he's like, "Leo, I'll come back for you later," and then never comes back for him. We never see Leo. We never see Leo again. We never <laughs> hear about Leo again. Nope. Bones goes to to his house and like punches his wife and learns that Chili is in L.A. with Leo right now. Yeah. And that's the last we ever hear of that plot. Like, <laughs> uh, Bones is just like, "I just want my money." I think I might have um, been in the bathroom for that. So. The, the, yeah. the next sequence, we catch up with these limo guys um, who play by Delroy Lindo, who is so good. He's great. He is yeah. so funny in he's, this movie. He's pretty great He's in playing this movie. really intense. He's, he's do, going real serious yeah. with the role. Yeah. Um, but they have another like scam they're running. <sighs> right. This is where then I... With a, like a Colombian drug deal. Like, Mr. Escobar. Cartel. Mr. Escobar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is played by Miguel Sandoval, who is running a table and playing like uh, Colombian drug dealers in the early two thousands yep. or in the early nineties. Yeah, because he plays this exact same like character in Clear and Present Danger and like three other movies. <laughs> he's also the guy in Jurassic Park who's like, yeah, Hammond's wife's getting a divorce, and he's like, look at this, and he picks up the amber. 
Another <laughs> random dude from Jurassic Park who's in this movie. <laughs> Very caught off guard right, by this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're running their own scam again with this Colombian drug cartel where they have $500,000 that they get off of uh, an airplane. Yeah. And they lock it up in a safety deposit box. But then it turns out the FBI is watching the safety deposit box immediately afterward. Yeah. Right. So they need to figure out a way to get that money out of the safety deposit box at the airport without the FBI swarming them and taking it. That's too much. You know the Charlie Kelly meme? With all the yeah. like, stuff on the like yes. board, that's how I felt this whole movie. That is like, that's this movie is except for John Travolta instead so, of pointing at that was sitting calmly in the chair explaining, <laughs> explaining it to you. It, yeah. Um. Yeah. So many plot lines. So many scams. So much. Uh, I didn't care about any of it. So so these limo service guys, Delroy, they're trying to get their money back from Gene Hackman, um, because they can't get their five hundred thousand out of the airport. So need they, they need this money they invested back so they have cash to eventually get the five hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, and so <laughs> like the chili You tells, like this by the way. I love this. You love this comp I love how over convoluted. The whole this whole time he's had this giant smile on his face <laughs> as he's talking about this movie. Mm. Like he is And I'm just so like ready to pass out. Yeah. I'm with Stuart. It's just <laughs> Kathy and I are on the same wavelength, yeah, I think. I think so too. I mean I I don't like so much confusion, but I, I definitely enjoyed it mm. more than these guys did. And you were now, able to follow all of these? Well, I've seen it a couple of times. I mean, okay. when I remember when I first seen it, I probably just was looking at John Travolta. Okay. Yeah. And Hubba um, Hubba. Hubba <laughs> still my heart. Um, but this time I did. Yeah. I mean, not as intense as Jeff. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't remember you know like the numbers and all that kind I think of stuff your thing is that i think that you can just let go of the fact that you don't, don't understand. understand the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah. but it bothers me that it's so confusing it, it's a movie where you're almost supposed to just not care about like the convolution i it, can't it, do that it's like the big i'm Le- a virgo another movie that's extremely <laughs> yeah. like this is the big lebowski which is a movie that has the most over convoluted plot line ever Ooh. Because that is you said that is just disrespectful. He said it on our podcast. <laughs> out, wow. out the door. Sorry. Wait, who's <laughs> that coming in, Jeff? Uh, what? Who's that walking in right There's now? No one walking in right now. No, no. That was that was Jack Nicholson. No, Jack's not here yet. <laughs> Why you gotta leave me hanging like that? <laughs> That's not how improv works, Jeff. It's yeah. Yes. It's a yes. Yes, yes and. and. Like, it's, it's no period. <laughs> Jeff does it to me a lot. I'll try to do a bit, and he just shuts <laughs> he me just down. Shuts it down. Come on, he Jack. probably eats like White Castle I mean, or okay, something, okay. and I will not gonna, have it. All right, it's soliloquy time. We're going to step to the side of the stage here. And br- you, we're going to break the fourth wall. The Jack Nicholson bit only happens when an actual door opens, uh, and that's how I explain oh. that a door is opening in this apartment. And that bit probably came alive because we switched locations where we're recording, Yes, and, and now we have doors opening. The last episode we recorded, a door opened a lot. Yeah. So I was... now Okay, now that we've explained the bit, we're going to get back into the fourth wall. Pretend that conversation never happened. All right. I can do it. So, yes. It's really making sense that Jeff likes Get Shorty. <laughs> I, li- I, li- I like movies. You're that- the most confusing person. <laughs> I like movies about convolution and also movies that are about themselves. <laughs> but, like, The Big Lebowski is a very similar movie where it has the most overcomplicated, like, crime plot line ever where the dude's like, Okay, so she got kidnapped by these German nihilists, but at the same time, 
there's three other people who might have kidnapped her. And then at the end, it turns out she didn't wasn't even kidnapped and just went on a vacation without telling anyone. The dude, like, multiple times there, is like, there's new shits come to light, man. He gets, like, meets the Malibu police chief. It's just a movie where the convolution is the humor and the plotline doesn't matter. See, where I where I would disagree is, like, this movie doesn't... it. It's convoluted, but not convoluted enough to where it's obvious that's the humor. Mm-hmm. To me, this movie just felt overly confusing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, it didn't come off to me as like, oh, ha, ha, ha. There's like five different scams. Like, it, it didn't really read like that. To me, it read just like, what am I supposed to be paying attention to right now? Like, who am I supposed to be rooting for? Like, I, I, That's a good one. Like, I wonder. I mean, I'm rooting for for Chili, Chili Palmer. What I mean? From, yeah. But... I would, like, there aren't a lot of people to root for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, did you root for anybody, Mary? It's a lot, just, it's a lot, just of, sli- it's a lot of slimy dudes in this. Yeah. A lot of slimy I dudes. I just like the girls. <laughs> yeah. That's a- I mean, they're, they're more or less the only characters in this movie who have a brain. Uh, True. I mean. Like, Chili's, like, they're the only ones who are in it for something that's not just, like, let's just make a movie about me. Yeah. So where were we on the plot? I don't um, remember. Uh, so don't Har- Harry, Chili tells I'm Harry, invite, invite these limo guys to your office, and I'll take care of it. And oh, I was so aggravated. Oh, this is what I was saying. She I got was so, so mad. mad about this. Oh, with Gene Hackman in the oh, scene. Oh my god, she was so Oof. angry, and I was already glazed over <laughs> at this point. And she's like, "Oh my god, yeah. he's he's an idiot." I was like, "What are you talking?" About? <laughs> I was taking it real serious. Yeah. I was like, "Why didn't you just listen to what he said?" <laughs> The, the thing I love about this scene is how it's already showing that Chili has a mind for movies because he lights, blocks, and stage and scripts the entire scene they're supposed to have. Oh, He, like, tells, he tells him where he's going to oh, stand. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah. That's true. He's like, here's how your blocking's going to work. You're going to start here. You're going to walk here, stand behind them. We need to make sure they're sitting in these chairs. I'm going to adjust the blinds in this window to give myself the maximum backlight. Like he's he's essentially cool. he's essentially directing the scene, right? So mm-hmm. for maximum mm-hmm. intimidation factor, when these guys walk in, Chili yeah. can set them straight and get them off Harry. Okay. The problem is Harry goes off script immediately. <laughs> yeah. Delaware, Linda, and the other guys sit there, and Chili, before he can even <laughs> say anything, Gene Hackman just like runs in and is like, "Oh, let's don't worry, I'll have the money for you soon." <laughs> yeah, he does the exact opposite of everything. Uh, completely ruins it. He yeah. ends up like promising them the money sooner yeah he, he says we just pushed the picture back a couple months it's yeah. like a couple months and travolta told him to tell them that they pushed it back a year yeah and he said just a couple months yeah it's not not good it's not, not good, good gene Hagman. yeah no. No. um you have anything else to say about it you were very passionate about the scene while we were watching it huh? <laughs> i mean it just pissed me off and like, and like the the real the secret was gonna be Gene Hackman has two scripts. One of them is another like slime picture, but then there's one that they actually think is a good movie. Um, what do they call that one? I am forgetting. Lovejoy. Lovejoy. Love Mister Lovejoy. Mister Lovejoy. That apparently they think is a good script, and so Harry's gimmick was he was gonna use their movie to finance Mister Lovejoy without telling them, um, because he doesn't want them involved in the movie. I'm realizing how confusing it really is <laughs> yes. now that Jeff's really explaining it to me. I mean, right. I was living in my little yeah. world, to right. be honest here. It's now too I'm much. like, wow. This, this episode's going to be something special. Which Our audience, crazy. they're going to so fall. lost right now. They're going to fall asleep driving. Because <laughs> <laughs> people probably listen to us talk while they're in the car. And 
<laughs> just because I'm falling asleep here, yeah. man. <laughs> like, this is really tough. Um, uh, Stuart, I don't know if you know this, but we have to cover the sequel to this movie later. There's down a sequel? Oh, yeah. There's Be a sequel cool, right? Movie. What is it called? Be, Be cool? cool. Really? Yes. Sorry, Stuart. So I will, will not be coming back. This is not the last time we're so going to see. This own. is not the last time we're seeing Chili Palmer. <laughs> um, but okay. both Delroy Lindo and John Travolta decide they want to produce Mr. Lovejoy as like their way into the film industry. Um. Uh. Yes. So <laughs> I like when he says, uh, "Wait." They they ask him. The limo guys say, uh, "Do you, like if you need anything." He goes, "What would I need? Like if I need a ride, I'll call you." Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the little lines. So he's just like, if I need a ride, I'll call you. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, like we just rewrite the script. It'll be so easy. He's like, well, if it's so easy, what do I need you for? Right. Because so. Harry's like, you know, writing a script is the easiest thing in the world. I mean, no, it's it's Delroy Lindo who's explaining how you write a script. Because he wants to work with Travolta. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he's like, all you got to do is just type a bunch of stuff down. And then you hand it to a guy who actually writes. And he'll fill in all the commas and shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's easy. Um, So I think he goes... Travolta talks with Rene Russo at some point. Yes, he he decides he... In order to get Mr. Lovejoy financed and filmed, they need a movie star. And so they decide they're going to get Shorty. Mm -hmm. They're going to get Danny DeVito. I love Danny DeVito. Did you call Danny DeVito Shorty? That's literally why this movie's called Get Shorty Easy Short. Charlton even says at one point, I got to get Shorty for this movie. I missed that part. I missed that part. Yeah, that, I, I that, had to ask I, at the end. I said, why is this movie called Get Shorty? Even, even the poster for this movie is just the three of I them standing it, and then Danny DeVito being short in front yeah, of them. Yeah, I figured the it words, has something to do with him, but I don't know. It seems kind of mean. He plays Martin Weir, who is apparently uh, based on Dustin Hoffman. Uh, oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, his first appearance in the movie is this massive billboard. The billboard was funny. I laughed at the uh, billboard. Napoleon. Can you, desc- yeah. Can yeah, you describe the billboard? <laughs> um, it is Danny DeVito as Napoleon. I feel like he was kind of like, wasn't he like lying down? It was kind of like a sort of like he sexy The like, most pose, intense face ever. Right? Like really like serious. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. I think that was the first time I laughed in the movie. She, mm. she did. Yeah, that yeah. was the first time I laughed. Yeah. Uh, so they decide they need to get him for Mr. Lovejoy, and then now they can make the movie because other financiers will come in. In addition to the three hundred thousand that Chili has, and the five hundred thousand, or the the two hundred thousand that the limo drivers gave Harry. Okay. Um, so the he need, he convinces Rene Russo to help him get uh, Martin Weir. On and there were they married? They were right, isn't that? Uh, Martin Weir they and were, they had had a relationship. Had I thought they were yeah. married. I think they might have been married in the past, but they aren't married at the No, they're time. not married now. No, yeah. they, 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 were they, toge- were. they were together. They were mm-hmm. married or something. Okay. Yeah. They have a history. Yes. Yeah. The characters, right? Okay. So they, they go to his house. Um, and there's Danny DeVito is just like really riffing in the scene. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was he ha- he has, He's like, I don't know why I want to do this movie. Um, I have no in. And so Travolta just starts like explaining his story mm-hmm. about the, uh, like, you know, himself being a, a Shylock. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, I'm just trying to get this money from this guy named Leo. And Danny DeVito is so funny in this scene where he's like, all right, let me get into the character. Let me figure out how to do the stare. And it's just like four minutes of Travolta and Danny DeVito staring at each See, other. Like, trying this to look is at exactly Timothy. like the Gene Hagman waking up in the TV bed. No. Like, it's exactly. This scene's so funny. This scene's the best scene in the movie. Danny, Danny DeVito is just like, he starts to like, how about this? 
I mean, and Trump was like, "What are you constipated?" <laughs> <laughs> See, this it was funny for a little. It was funny for a, a little bit, but it, I just think everything goes. They mm. take it too far. Too. They, I, they, I think they should every, take it even every, further. Every bit, every repetitive bit is like two repetitions too much. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. What if we added four more repetitions but and then we got a five star movie right but here? But doesn't it make sense because that's Jeff's lo- like Jeff always takes a bit too far, does he not? What <laughs> else is this podcast sure, but all, Jeff taking a bit too far? We're on episode 24 Whoa, of this podcast. You're right. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> I do explain this podcast like that. Where are you going, far. Kathy? I'm going to do a podcast. What? <laughs> Mary Grace's friend. You know, it's kind of a like a gaudy bit. <laughs> gaudy bit. It's like Kathy took too far. <laughs> And, like, and they're like, what about Stuart? I'm like, I don't know how he got involved. Oh, <laughs> uh, God help me. <laughs> I feel like I'm stuck in like a time loop right now. I think we just, like, with Stuart's just, like. <gasps> with all this, like, John Travolta. Like, Get Shorty, I feel like, is the epitome of what we're doing here with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of Absolutely. Just, Watching bit after bit after bit, <laughs> repetition after repetition, and John Travolta just being cool looking and like, oh, but there's John Travolta, he's cool, and then everything else is just kind of like repeating onto onto itself, and it just drives Stuart me has insane. Looked into the eyes of God, <laughs> and I'm realizing that I'm like, that's this whole podcast is <laughs> me seeing John Travolta. He's kind of cool, but we're doing the same thing over and over again. Just to- yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Oh man! That's it. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> wow, the Schumans broke me again. <laughs> wow. Hi. What can I say? All right. Um. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's a bit. Danny Dan V is just doing the stare. It's there's really a bit. It gets taken a little too far. Jeff <laughs> thinks it it's does. funny. I love we it. Repeat, I love repeat, it. Repeat. Yeah. yeah. Movie's over. That's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the uh, that's the podcast. Um. Um. So uh, uh, the next scene, uh, Travolta goes to see a Touch of Evil at a theater, the Orson Welles film. And I, I wrote, he is so cute in the scene. Like he, he's just no, he's, he is, he is. He's just no, he's I so respect excited, that. So yeah. excited about yeah. watching this movie, yeah. But he's not getting excited for like the usual reason. He's not just like, wow, this this movie. He's like, I, he's like just sitting there, and he's like so enraptured with the the structure, the blocking, how this movie's put together. Because Travolta and Chili just have this like brain for film, right? And I think like. I think this is the closest Travolta's come to almost playing himself in one of these movies. Oh. Because he seems, mm. from conversation, like a guy who really loves, like, the construction of film. But, but didn't he say in Look Who's Talking, the interview, that that is the most like himself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he said that about Look Who's Talking? In an talking? interview, he said, like, I this is probably the closest character yeah, to who like, I really yeah, am. He you know, I, 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 my stuff He's about like, the you know, I'm just a gre- greasy pizza guy. <laughs> oh, see, I always thought the closest to himself was, um, who's the, what's the movie I like? Uh, not Michael. Um, phenomena. Yes. I always thought no. that was him. I always thought that was the closest to him. We have a few him. thoughts about Phenomena. Yeah, we, we recorded Phenomena last week. Really? Yeah. Good movie. You uh, liked it. I love it. We we both liked it. It's 
it's another episode we, we, we talked a lot about the it's trees another episode. In that. we talked a lot about trees in that episode oh you mean the yeah the swing trees the, the movie oneness. has a great yeah. feel good aspect to it which I think is appealing to a lot of other folks I think there were some things that it was missing that would have made it phenomenal you, okay you say it, it could have been a phenomenon I think it could have been a phenomenon of a film <laughs> Wait, did you already? Do you guys? You already taped this. We already taped it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it out? But it's not out. I want to watch. I'm gonna. I have to listen to that one because I'm curious what you're gonna say. Mm. Yeah. Um. We are an hour and forty minutes into this podcast. We are literally like thirty minutes into this. (laughs) Oh God. Can I just still hear? Can this be a five-hour episode? I'm internally <laughs> screaming. It's um, not internally; it's all over your face. Yeah, I know. Okay, what okay, happens? So where are we? What okay, happens okay. next, Jeff? They're at they're at Danny DeVito's house. Save me. Um, so I'll I'll. Or did we get past that? Th- this is the point. We're gonna move a little faster from this point. Okay. Just because we're at the point in the movie where. It's all just like the convolution of scenes repeating themselves, mm-hmm. as Danny, as Travolta and Hackman like swap roles. So the, I'm great. There's a, there's a lot less explaining I'm gonna have to do. Okay, like, okay. the explaining's more or less been done. Okay, so Jeff, you don't need to explain that you don't need to explain. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that, no, exactly. That's exactly because this movie is about the making of itself. So I need to make this episode about the making of this episode. <laughs> This is a podcast about the making of the podcast about Get Shorty, which is about the making of Get Shorty, which is about the making of Get Shorty. You're literally killing Stuart. <laughs> You're killing him. I have to give him CPR. <laughs> so we throw Did water he water? <laughs> I gave you a bottle of water. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, okay, so random thing I just want to say: <laughs> no, Danny DeVito's house in this is so funny. There's like a giant mural of like Jesus, but with Danny DeVito. That head. was funny. That made me laugh. That made me laugh. There's yeah. a bust of Julius Caesar, except it's Danny. It's Danny DeVito. DeVito. That was funny. I yeah. love Danny DeVito. His, his entire house in this movie is famous pieces of art, except they swapped Danny DeVito's head into it. Yeah, that and was I funny. I appreciate that. Such a good bit of character design. Yeah, and that didn't take away, that didn't waste time, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was funny. Yeah. And it was just there, and it didn't have to waste our time. I liked that. I thought mm-hmm. that was funny. It's good. That was funny. It's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so the limo drivers try and like make a truce with Chili. They send him to the airport to get the money um, out of the safety deposit box. And like, you get that money, uh, give us what we're owed, and then use the rest of it to pay for this movie. Is one of the DEA agents Kevin Bacon? No. He does, he does look like... He looks like Kevin Bacon, though. I mean, okay. he's probably like three degrees away from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> he looks like... <laughs> yeah. Good one. He looks like Kevin Bacon. I thought that for mm. a second, too. But. Three degrees from Kevin Bacon? I would, I would say there's someone in this movie who's been in a Kevin Bacon movie. Uh, and we can, we can probably do a two degrees... Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so Travolta goes to the airport. Well, uh, his wife's in Phenomenon. Kelly Preston. No. Oh, Kevin Bacon's wife. Right. Um, is that Kira Sedgwick? Yeah. Oh, Kira Sedgwick. I did not know they were. A, I did not know they were a thing. What? 
Kevin Bacon and Come Kiros, on, Jeff. What? They've been together forever. Seriously, Jeff, how could you not know that? This is this is travolting, not baconing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I've decided our next podcast is gonna be called Crispy Bacon. <laughs> it's gonna be the film for Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> every every instead of our current one where it's John Travolta in front of the window. When you said crispy bacon, the first thing I thought of is Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring when they're on the tower and it's like, What are you doing? We've got some nice crispy bacon. <laughs> and then the ring stabs Frodo in the chest. Wait, I'm going off topic. He almost dies. <laughs> he almost dies over some bacon. <laughs> The reason why he has like a poisonous wound for three movies is because Pippin cooks bacon. Oh <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, folks. I just lost it. It's a wild episode. Just Shorty has broken me. Really? More like oh long. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so corny. I love it. Oh my God. What were you going to say, Mary Gracie? Oh, yesterday, Jeff was telling me a story, and he starts the story by saying, oh, we were in the theater, and you know, we're watching this trailer. He's trying to tell me about a movie trailer. But then he's like, yeah, and there's people in the, in the theater dressed like elves. And then he just keeps going with the story. And I'm like... Elves? Like, you have to go back. He's like, oh, yeah, we were, we were watching Lord of the Rings. I'm like, okay... That was context I needed. <laughs> like you can't just go like, yeah, we're in the theater and there's people dressed up as elves. It's <laughs> like what? But it's Jeff. I mean, why would you even ask? I go to I go to <laughs> Elf. Sometimes I, you have to ask. I, I, go, I go to the Elf Society screenings. <laughs> we, we, we were actually there to watch like to watch the color purple, but everyone's dressed like elves. Just makes no sense at all to the context of it. Yeah. It's Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. That's, that's what we were seeing. That's what we were seeing. Uh, hence the bacon. The nice crispy bacon. Yeah, but we're, we're not doing crispy bacon right what about now. Sick? No, we're, we're doing we're Travolta. We're doing Travolta. Right. And yeah. we're we're doing an episode about an episode about a movie about a movie. Okay, they're in the, 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 the there's the locker in the money. Yes, what and happens? So Travolta goes up and he immediately clocks all the DEA agents. Um, yeah. And so there's not Kevin. There's no Kevin Bacon. He pulls a little bit. He pulls a good bit. Yeah, he, he asks does. a guy a bit in this movie. He asks the guy who like rents out the lock boxes. He's like, "Hey, can you go put this in in C seven? The ones he needs to get is C eighteen. So he gives the guy a few bucks. And he's like, "Hey, can you go put this in C seventeen? I need to surprise my wife with it, but I need to hide it now." So the guy goes and he puts it in C seventeen. Travolta then waits for a tour group to come by. He runs in and he makes it very obvious that he's about to open C eighteen. So all the DEA come up on him. But then he quickly just maneuvers over and opens 17. So when they arrest him, they see he wasn't going for the locker they were supposed to scope out. And now he knows like what the response there is. Right. Uh, so Chili's very slick. One could say he's very chill. Uh, and he gets away scot-free with, from the DEA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like, that guy's kind of shady. We need to like put some more guys watching this locker just in case. Right. Uh, yes. Um, yes. So the the next scene is they're su- they're all meeting at a restaurant. Yeah, good scene. They're gonna meet with Gene Hackman. Except yeah, this is a good, uh, I like the scene. Yeah. Except uh, the limit. Uh, Delroy Lindo and his like partner get beat them there. And they James have- Gandolfini. Oh yeah, James Gandolfini. Is yeah. His with- name is Bear. Bear yeah. with Bear. quite Just- the ponytail. And yes. he has his daughter is so cute. I liked him. Mm-hmm. His daughter. He's a really cute daughter in this. Yeah. She was very cute. She's um, my favorite character. James Gandolfini is a former stuntman turned hired muscle in Hollywood. 
Right. Except I think it's very hilarious that he's no good at being an actual muscle because yeah. all, all he knows how to do is miss people when he's punching because he's a stuntman. <laughs> so and he knows how to like take a fall. So, so, he's, oh, in, yeah, so, yeah. He's, so he's incapable of actually doing the work of a muscle because all he can do is intentionally miss people by inches. That's funny. <laughs> it's such a good bit. That, that's a good bit. Yeah. Um, I'll, I think I'll you're be real. enjoying Jeff's explanation of the movie more than you actually enjoyed the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I am enjoying it. I'm getting I'm getting some new info that I yeah. probably glazed over during the the watching it. Yeah. But Hackman's like he's taking some lessons from Chili and he try, he's trying to like throw the charm on these guys, uh failing horribly at it. <laughs> right. Um and he ends up agreeing to pay all the money immediately back to them and let them <laughs> produce Mr. Lovejoy. <laughs> Yeah, he goes into win. He ends up losing everything. Uh, so we go back to uh, and so Travolta shows up and Renee and they see the limit guys and they're like, oh no! So they run up. There's a little confrontation on the steps. Gandolfini tries to swing at Travolta, misses, and Travolta just knees him, <laughs> just knees him in the groin and throws him down the steps, which he knows how to take because he's a stuntman. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he and Del Rolando have a little have a little standoff with each other on the stairs, where it's like, "I'm going to produce this movie." No, I'm going to produce this movie. Um, and so they just kind of uh, mosey off there, right? And Staralta sits down, and he's like telling Hackman, "Like, you know, you cannot work with those guys. You got to work with me if you want to make my life story as a movie, because I'm working on the script right now, and I think it's really getting somewhere." And Hackman's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I we have a female character now, because is now seeing Rene Russo. And he's explaining all these things that he's doing in his life to make a more interesting life story <laughs> for this movie. It's at um, this point I wrote down the note, this movie is such a talkie. <laughs> it's so much dialogue. It's so much talking. Mm-hmm. And I, like, there are movies where that are good that are mostly dialogue, mm-hmm. but... This was not one of them. No more talk. Sorry. Don't just, we say that when you're trying to go to sleep? When you're a little, no more talkie. No more talkie. No I, more I talkie. There it is. No more talkie. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of talking in this movie. And so um, the, during this, uh, Travolta kind of lets um, Hackman know about Bones and the fact that he's still like pulling money over on this guy and how he has 300000 he can put into this movie if he needs to. So Hackman decides he is going to get Bones to pay for this movie because Bones is a big mafia. This so. was cringe. Oh yeah, this was so, this was cringe. Yeah, so was yeah. Cr- that scene was so cringe. So like, he what? calls Bones, <laughs> yeah, tells bad. him Chili is in town, tells him I work I work for a, I work for this big time movie producer Harry Zim. Mister Zim, <laughs> Mister Zim wants to talk to you. I'm and the so, one telling you how it is. He just starts. He says such poorly quoting Chili. Towards me. This guy's just like, who are you? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> never just so, so, because this is around the time where Travolta just starts saying a bunch of Italian names, and Hacken goes, "How do you come up with all these names?" <laughs> He's like Tony Salerno. He's like really Italian sounding. Oh my god! I actually worked for a guy named. No, I know it's Tony Salerno. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um. So Bones flies out to L.A. to meet with Harry Zim. At the same time, the Colombian drug dealer flies into L.A. to meet with the limo guys because there's like four parallel tracks occurring at this time. Um, Uh. Bones goes to meet with Hackman. 
immediately like susses out that Hackman's not like who he is because he's just doing a poor imitation of Travolta. Whereas Chili is doing a very good impersonation of what a Hollywood producer should be. Oh. So they've swapped roles at this point in the movie. That's true. Because Chili's playing like he's like, he knows how he's getting the talent involved by stroking their ego. He knows how to block the scenes. He knows how to get the right people involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But Hackman gets beat up (laughs) because he's so incompetent. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They go to the they go to the hospital and they find Hackman like tied up to like an iron lung or something. He's like he looks so funny. Just, is it as funny as you think it is, Jeff? This is I don't I don't uh, I don't think it is. Um, well, I mean, somebody has yeah. to be enthusiastic. This so, is a podcast about Kid Shorty. Yeah. We all can't just be like. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. um, so. Now Bones is in L.A. He meets up. He shows up at Chili's apartment. Yeah. And tells him, "I need the three hundred thousand now." And Trill is like, "Oh, that money is. I'll tell you where it is soon." Um. So now Trill just has the heat on to find a way to deal with Bones while also getting his movie made. Mm-hmm. Uh. So he meets with Devito again, in the scene at a restaurant that. Uh, to my from stories that I've heard is very accurate as to how like Hollywood deal making will go. Um, is Danny Vio shows up, he orders immediately for everyone. He's like, I got to go in like five minutes. He orders for everyone. Takes yeah, an other, omelet or something. He orders because some uh, Rene Russo tells Travolta like no one. If you're a famous, you never order from the menu. You order something slightly off the menu to like assert your fame. Right. And so Davina just gets there. He rolls up in a minivan because he's very into like doors that close themselves. <laughs> um, the Cadillac of minivans. Yeah, the Cadillac right. of minivans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got mad about that. Yeah. You know, my mom. <laughs> I did? Yeah, when I texted you both and I said, Cadillac of uh, minivans. That's a good description of John Travolta. Oh, that wasn't. That's yeah, you guys got mad at that. They disliked. They thumbed mm. down the, the comment. Yeah. Um, so. I wasn't trying to be mean. I thought I was just stating a fact. But. So, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, this is a this is a and he shows up and he's like, I just I love the picture about the Shylock and they're like, Well, we're here to talk to you about Mister Lovejoy and Hackman's there sitting in like a neck brace. He can't speak. Oh, yeah. You're like, <laughs> so Travolta's just like, Oh, Martin Weir wants to be in my my movie. Right. Not Mr. Lovejoy. So he starts making like a deal on the side to get Dane DeVito in his movie. Right. Because uh, he's now outproduced the producer. Uh, and he finally realizes like how he's going to figure this all out. Before he can, though, he gets taken by Delroy Lindo to his house where he's going to be whacked. Except he appeals to James Gandolfini as like um, inner conscience and is like, more or less, you can help work on my movie instead of being a muscle outside. They have that nice little moment together. Yeah. yeah. And Gandolfini stages a fake fight scene between him and Travolta, because he's a stunt guy, which ends with Delverlinda being thrown off the side of a building and yeah. falling to his bloody death. Two people are killed in this Two movie. Two people die in this movie. Did yeah. We, did we forget the Mr. Escobar bit thing? Um, No. There's... That that's pretty much the end of the the Colombian drug thing is that yeah. Orlando dies and we just never hear about them again. Okay, gotcha. Because they come and they're like, because he kills we, Mr. Escobar's nephew. Yeah, yeah he kills right. the nephew, and that's why Mr. Escobar comes. 
Yeah. But it's not that important because Mr. Esquire does not appear again. Yeah. Because Isn't he, that true? Because that's Most why of the plot. That's why Delroy Lindo needs the money. But right? then once Delroy Lindo's dead, uh-huh. he no longer, yep. there's no longer any plot connection to the Colombians. Again, so we that's, just don't that's see them the again. whole movie, though. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> the energy in the studio. Yeah. So at this point. <laughs> Very bizarre. <laughs> I'm going to order Get Shorty on like 4K right now just to throw some money towards him. Oh, man. But um, I'm actually at the end of the movie. Okay. We um, did it. But, uh, I still have, I have questions. Yes. Oh, we're, 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 just because at the end of the movie, we're, we're, at the, we're at the end of the episode. We're at the end of the movie, not the end of the episode. <laughs> Stuart, we think I recorded one more of these today. I don't know a lot of questions to write as him. Maybe one or two. So, I'd like to look up everybody's um, zodiac sign in the movie. Mm. <laughs> I know what John Travolta so. is. February, um, his birthday is February 18th. So, I think he's an Aquarius. Yeah. Um, Chili and so Chili meets Just with saying. Bones again. <laughs> <laughs> Chili meets with Bones again. And he stages, he stages like a fake out where Bones finds the C-18 key for the airport locker. Oh, that right, DA right, right. Watching. Like in his coat pocket or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's, he's now like, he pretty much has everything staged to where he wants it between Martin Weir working on the movie, Hackman like being more submissive to him as the real producer. He, the last threat he needs to deal with, Bo, uh, the limo guys are dead. The last thing he needs to deal with is um, Bones. So he leaves that key. We have the shot of Bones at the airport. He walks up to the locker, <laughs> unlocks it. The DA guys run in. We The camera pulls back. Bones turns around. It's Harvey Keitel. Because we're right. now in the making of Get Shorty. And Harvey Keitel is playing Bones in the movie. Yeah. Um, this is yes. a great scene where Penny Marshall is playing the director. Why? As herself. Yeah. Um, Acclaimed director Penny Marshall. Yeah. Um, playing herself. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Oh. Uh, deeply sad. Yeah. And this is when Mary Grace was, I was way pay- confused. I was not paying attention, so I didn't see who it was. And then I was just like, wait, this guy's in the movie now? Yeah. Like, I got that they were making the movie. So Travolta, he, his entire life that he figured out. <laughs> Kathy is making fun of Mary Grace that... She's doing better at talking to the microphone. <laughs> For the listener. Might be. <laughs> yeah, I got it then, but I was just like, I hadn't seen who it was. Mm. Whoa, a little I'm further right. away now, girl. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Ooh. So, <laughs> you have a microphone for lunch? <laughs> You're mean. I know. <laughs> I think our first four-person episode is a rousing success. Oh my god! Um, I have to edit this tonight. Yeah. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. Yeah. So next, then we have next weekend off. But okay. okay, are we done with the movie? Sorry, do you still have um, more plot? Th- this is this is the very end. Okay. Okay. Um, go and then I'll I'll ask my question. Uh, and then you can ask. We your, come back. Your and questions. Like, they, the AD calls a break on the movie. Uh, that's a wrap for the day. Um, even though they filmed this scene, Travolta still doesn't have the direct ending for his movie, for his life story, indicating that there w- it will continue and that endings are hard to put together, as any good writer would know. 
And how can he end his life? And how can... (laughs) 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 Joel's like, I guess I gotta die now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's that's the... um, He still is trying to figure that out. He walks off. The music kicks in and the camera just pans away from the the studio where Chili is now a highly successful Mm. filmmaker. Okay, when does he say, get shorty? Because me and Stuart missed that. Uh, I, I, I got that. It's a part. It, it was when he was talking about the title of the movie. Yeah, he's with um, um, Rene Russo on the beach. Okay. And they're just kind of chatting about how complicated everything is. And he's like, we got to get um, Martin Weir. And he's like, I just got to figure out how to get him in this thing. I got to get Shorty. Oh, see, I missed it. But they I, talk too much. I can't listen to everything they but say. It is to my understanding that in Touch of Evil, um, one of the characters in that is named Shorty. Uh, so that scene when he's watching Touch of Evil is where he gets the idea of Shorty. Oh. And then he applies that to uh, Danny DeVito because he is short. Good he's, one. He's got to get Shorty. <laughs> All right, Kathy, what are your questions? Well, I, didn't have, I actually was just, it's not really a question about the movie. Did he get Did he get nominated for a Golden Globe for he this? Um, so this movie comes out. It's actually a very big success. Yeah. It makes over three times its budget. Uh, it was a $30 million movie, made $115 million. It was very popular. It gets he uh, Travolta gets nominated for um, best actor at the Golden Globes. This also gets nominated for best comedy at the Golden Globes. It was number th- one at the box office for three consecutive weekends until being beaten by Ace Ventura two. What a time we lived in! I didn't find it very funny. It uh, I did not. I my laugh count was pretty low. Mm-hmm. I think I laughed like three times. Mm-hmm. What was your laugh count, Stuart? Um. Probably two. I had like four or five good hearty laughs, but like I was at a residual chuckle for almost the entire movie. Me too. It's one of those movies where like I start the scene and I'm just like, okay, this is kind of funny. And then it just keeps going. (laughs) It's like. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was just like. Not broken. in a state of mind to watch this film. I no, Stuart, don't let him convince you. Well, no, no, no. you it's do a, it, have to be in a certain state of mind to watch a movie. I it, think it's just not good. But like when I was watching this, like I had heard like good things about it, and I was, but I had no idea what it was about. So I was going in very blind, mm. and the convolutedness of it, the weird sense of humor that like being overly confusing is funny and but it has some smaller bits that i didn't like the stuntman bit was mm. was kind of funny and um the whole movie was funny i agree <laughs> no <laughs> not to me no but no it was just uh it it was so confusing and for not confusing in like a hard to understand way it was confusing in the amount of things going on kind of way i agree and, and i usually hate stuff like that I, I i i'm surprised you're not calling me out on that like so it's it's well, i'm not mean like you so i wasn't gonna call you not out. mean i know i said i was <laughs> um i totally agree with you that it was it was i if probably if travolta wasn't in it or like i like the characters you know i think they all did most of them did a great job but i'm, I'm not one to like stay engaged with a confusing plot like that Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Is that how you felt? Yeah. And I just, I felt like, I don't know, like, what did they, <laughs> were they trying to confuse their audience? Like, because it's like, 
Stuart said, it's not like confusing, like I didn't get it, but it was just like so many things, so many things yeah. going on. And like, what am I supposed to care about? Yeah. Like he was trying to be confusing to your audience. Cause you like think that like makes it smart or is it just trying to be funny? I don't know, but I just, I think Joff actually really got it. I think he's the one here that he like, really re- got shorty. Yeah. I, got I think shorty. he really got shorty. He really, he really got, got shorty. Like, got shorty. Stuart, you said earlier that you could, like, you knew the kind of person who would like this movie. Yes. Can you explain that person to us? Well, I think it's exactly what you said, Kathy, earlier, which is, like, this definitely has, like, the idea of, like, a film person, like, a a film lover type uh, story look aesthetic to it. The way it's shot, the way it looks, the way it's performed, uh, the way it's written, the way the dialogue is delivered. Um, all of those elements together, like I can see somebody, um, like film critics and just film lovers going in and just drinking up everything that's being handed to them in this movie. And in some cases I usually do like those types of films, but in this case I just like, and again, like I am pretty tired. (laughs) And so (laughs) I might've just been like halfway fallen asleep during this movie, but there was just no point in time where it's like. I was ever on the edge of my seat for any person's well-being. Like if John Travolta got shot by Del Roy in like act two, I would not care. I agree. I'm I would not have cared. Like, I was okay. like, okay, next piece, Gene yeah. Hackman's movie now, or, Oh, Danny DeVito's movie now, or Rene Russo. Um, that was just for me, but you know, I, I understand the personality where it's like, cause again, like it does have the aesthetic. It does have the certain, style of dialogue and the certain style of delivery of said dialogue that I can see film lovers really appreciating and liking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's what just, uh, that's what made this movie very special to me. Um, yeah. I had seen this movie before, but like, mm-hmm. let's say like six or seven years ago, I was a lot younger. And I just remember thinking it was funny back then. Um, but I really kind of vibe with the ideas of what this movie was about. Just being a movie about how complicated it can be to make a movie it really gets the systems and structures of Hollywood Mm. um, and how like there's the process of getting a movie made is often extremely convoluted. If it's independent money is coming from crazy places, including frequently the mob. Right. Mm. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the day, this like messy, like convoluted process, if you're lucky, will result in something special which is what Travolta gets at the end, is he gets a special movie about his life. And yeah. so I just really find something effective in that, in a movie celebrating the difficulty and ultimately the, the art and result of movie making. Great. That's sweet. Yeah. I, cool. I don't care enough about... <laughs> no, I, I get I, I respect movies, that. But yeah, I, get I, it. I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. I understand that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I just... Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. I didn't care enough. Felt something in it that we we did not feel, but no, that's okay. But that's okay. That's art. That's art. <laughs> that's art. So the Hollywood, I mean, not just film like students and lovers, but the Hollywood type probably really loved it. Yeah, this was probably Hollywood people love movies about themselves. Right. Like, I could see I that. I was going to say yeah. I was kind of self indulgent a little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood people love movies about Hollywood. Uh, people love parodies of Hollywood, right? In which they're like, oh, I was clearly making fun of a uh, you know. Uh, I can play blank. I'm thinking of a producer's name. That's such a good parody of Earl and Winkler right there. <laughs> or like, or like Danny Vito playing Dustin Hoffman in this. Like, yeah, what's that? Uh, apparently, like in experiences he had with like Dustin Hoffman is very intense when it comes to like his roles, and he'll just 
he'll essentially be the Danny DeVito where he's just like sits there and like really will work on like a pointless stare for like five minutes. So Danny DeVito's portrayal was based on Dustin Hoffman. Yes. The original, like I was thinking when you said it originally that the person who wrote the book based da- this Danny DeVito's, Danny per- DeVito's to portrayal. my understanding, okay. portrayal that was based on sense. Dustin Hoffman. We're really killing Stuart right now. <laughs> oh my God. I, no, I tried not to giggle right now because when I asked that question, I looked over at the store and <laughs> he almost looked like he was going to kill me with his eyes. <laughs> He's like, lady, we have another one of these. <laughs> How am I doing on time, Stuart? We're at two hours. Stuart, no. third, uh, what? Do you want any? Ramen? No, I'm all right. Okay. Appreciate it, though. They're, they're picking up ramen. Oh, cool. So you want ramen. Great. <laughs> I like ramen. <laughs> you guys want ramen? No, I'm just kidding. No, no not at all. Our, our guest for the next episode is picking up ramen right now on, on their way. So, Kathy, what are you doing for your birthday tomorrow? <laughs> Watch and get shorty, that's what. Watch get, and be cool. Get, Watch yeah, and be cool. And be cool. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, so I already mentioned the box office returns of this movie and its Golden Globe nominations, um, but this movie um, is very successful in launching a few different uh, aspects of careers. You know, Barry Sonnenfeld, he is accepted as an adult director after this. He goes on to make Men in Black um, and then immediately shoots himself in the wild, wild west. Um, robot spiders are my favorite thing. Um, Scott Frank gets a lot of notoriety after the script. Um, starts getting picked up for a lot more script doctor work, a lot of work in movies like this. Um, he and Elmore Leonard have very similar writing styles, so he kind of adapts that into his future work. And then Travolta, this royally solidifies his return to the A-list after Pulp Fiction. Because after this, he'll be getting roles in films like Broken Arrow, Phenomenon, Michael, um, et cetera, et cetera. Face Off. Face off. Oh, but great movie. But this is the great. movie because, like, after Pulp Fiction, you could be like, "Was this a, a one-time fluke?" Right. Is yeah. he is he just back for this one movie where he's really successful, and then he'll just fade into ex- like out of existence again? Right. But this is the one that everyone's like, "Okay, this was no, this was no fluke. John yeah. This was no one really, trick pony. He really has it. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really got it, and he's back to stay. He's really got. Oh, he he is doing a lot of the not the same thing, but similar things from you know playing yeah. kind of. Although he's not, he's not dumb like Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he, he plays like a smart, suave, calculated figure in this. His his portrayal in this is very much in the same vein of solidifying his return. Yeah, like he doesn't want to, you know, do Pulp Fiction, then do something radically different. Yeah, this is just something to be like, hey, if you thought I was good, then look, I'm I'm still great. And yeah. then after this is when he starts branching out into things that aren't in the same vein as this. Right. Right. Uh, with yeah. Broken Arrow, which we'll be talking about next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, this movie also convinces Gene Hackman that comedies are good, actually. <laughs> he does The Birdcage right after this. Oh. I love The Birdcage. I, okay, that's I watched that movie twice that, in the past month, and it makes me so happy. That's something yeah. good that came out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I love The Birdcage. Birdcage is a good movie. Yeah. Gene Hackman is so funny in The Birdcage. Yeah. I think it was like, I, I hope this doesn't affect your vote. <laughs> it's just been like, your way of life disgusts me. I hope you'll vote for me. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> yes. Birdcage, great movie. Get Shorty. Great movie. One of those statements was true. <laughs> all of those statements were true. Only one. Uh, do we have any final thoughts, both on this movie, on Travolta? 
I think I said everything I wanted to say about this movie. I can't. I, I gotta let Stuart go. I can't say anything more. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I feel like I got all my thoughts out. You're good. Yeah. All right. I still got another about thirty minutes to, to riff. <laughs> all right. So at exactly one hour and twenty seconds into this movie. There's, there's, no. Um, Wait. Did we talk about Bette Midler at all? We did not. No. I love Bette Midler. She's, I don't really have anything to say. I just love Bette Midler. She's playing. And I got excited when she was in the movie. She's playing Gene Hackman's like wannabe lover. Yeah. She was um, good. But well, because he's playing a parody of a Hollywood producer, he never sleeps with anyone who's his own age. Yeah. Uh, so which is why he's sleeping with like uh, 20-something Renee Russo <laughs> instead of... Uh, She's supposed to be 20-something in the movie? How old is she? I, what, I, I, is I would she? say 30-something. 30-something. Okay. Isn't she like the wife, though, of the the guy he was making the, the maybe Mr. Lovejoy with? Yes, his uh, producing partner who had passed yeah. away. And she's now trying to like move on to him. Right. Know. Uh, Renee Russo is 67 now, so she would have been 20. Uh, let's, she would have like been, been like 40. Yeah. She would have been around 40. Yeah, age. that made yeah. more sense. I was like, she did not look. Well, but Hackman was yeah. probably in his 60s. True. Yeah, that would uh, that would be the bit. I would think this is one of your guys' really good Travolta movies. I agree. I This yeah. is one of my favorites that we've covered. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously like an island in this. No, uh, I, I, I... It'll hitch to my island as well. Yeah, I will. What did you think about this movie when it originally came out? Oh, That's yeah. what I, I said, didn't I say? I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't something that I, like, wanted to watch a lot. And I, I think I was more just paying attention to John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Just because of what they're saying. What he hadn't been in out? stuff in a while, then he was in Pulp Fiction. What? What year did it come out? 95. 95. That's the year you were born I here. know, Crazy. it was the year I was born. October twentieth of nineteen ninety five. Oh, so I was been alive for a month. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so you probably didn't so see I, it in the I theater. I did not and, see it in the yeah, theater. Yeah, you probably didn't mm. see it no. in the theater. Okay. Um, so I think I was just probably happy that he was making his his return. Like, yeah. yeah. I was happy for him. I didn't even think to ask. Uh, you you were uh, you could have seen this one in its heyday. Yeah, but I, I I'm mm-hmm. sure she's right. I don't. I'm sure I didn't see it. If if I was going to see anything in the theater when you were like a baby it probably was a john travolta movie so yeah i'm not positive i didn't see it in the theater but i mean in that situation like daycare uh throw them right into daycare and no. i'm, I'm seeing I'm, I'm, see, I'm seeing the, i'm seeing the new travolta no no uh i didn't i'm sure i didn't do that too <laughs> i don't know but this is really what? enjoyable guys i think Stuart hasn't looked the same since we said this was a bit it's gone too far <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> kind of broke me a little bit, but that's okay. I seem to do that to Stuart when I come on. It's okay. I'm sorry, Stuart. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking the glass for you a lot. We, we got we gotta we gotta plan a, a third return so we can really break Stuart. <laughs> we'll just, oh. just come in and make him question like existence itself. Folks, I am still very happy to be doing this podcast. Yes. I don't want anybody to have any illusions about that. Yeah, just Stu- very tired. Stuart's very tired. Um, me and him do honestly love doing this show together. It's a nice uh, break uh, on our weekends away from our jobs. Aww, that's fun. Yeah. And I get to see my good buddy every. Aww. Aww. So yeah. sweet. Yeah. I got to butter him up after what I just, after this, <laughs> what I just uh, sent him through. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are well, you wrapping this up? Yeah, I, well, I, think I think it's time. I Thank think you that's guys. about it. Thank you guys for coming back in. Thank you. Two, time, two, timers very, very two timers club. Two timers club. You're welcome. You beat our um, 
other contender for two timers club by like three episodes. Wait, who's our other two timer? Uh, we nice. will be having a one of our our first guests back for face. Oh, Mattabaldi. He will be back for face off. Oh, I love face off. Nice. I took his face off. Where's my pig? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Where's my pig? That's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to doing face off. But you folks don't have face off to watch, listen to next week. Instead, you have the precursor to face off, John Woo's first or second American film with John Travolta, the movie Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow, a hypothetically amazing episode. Had we have already hypothetically recorded it, um, that we think you folks will really enjoy. Yeah, uh, make sure to check in next Tuesday for that on any place where you can listen to this podcast. While you're on those places, as a reminder, they are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, like the video if you're on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate every single comment, every single like, every single subscription. It helps our show. It helps us. Um, We really do appreciate it from the folks who have been doing it. If you haven't, uh, we implore you to throw us a bone. Um, special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for our theme music. Um, I am forgetting the other stuff I always say. Are are you pulling up our final, like, (laughs) script? Yes. Um, I think you said it Uh, You can find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, You can pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. You can email any comments or questions to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney for all my hot takes. <laughs> find me on Instagram at Stuart Elmore 95. Is there anything either of our guests would like to plug? No, you don't want to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Jeff knows you don't want to follow me on Twitter. No. Should I plug Cooper's Instagram? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, a damn fine dog. Yes. Uh, follow a damn fine dog on Instagram <laughs> yeah. for the best dog content of uh, the side of the Mississippi. <laughs> Thanks We're again, by. guys. Yeah, Thanks, th- guys. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Stuart, for being here. And yeah, Stuart. See you folks us. next week on Broken Arrow. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye.